0: Let's get started. If you haven't seen the new movie, Air, it's the story of signing Michael Jordan and Nike, which at the time was still a pretty nascent, I'm not gonna say a nascent company because they were already public, but if you look back at their stock chart in 1982, really from 82, 83, 84, around 25 cents a share versus closer to 120, $130 a share. So there's been enormous growth over the course of the last, call it 30 plus years. If you haven't seen the movie already, maybe I'll ruin it for you here on the podcast. So if you haven't seen it and you really want to see it, you may want to turn this podcast off. You probably wouldn't have clicked on it had you not already maybe seen the movie or interested in it. But I was fascinated by it in so many ways. I thought there was no way for a movie to be really all that good if you already knew the outcome and we knew the outcome we knew known Michael Jordan to be a huge part of the Nike brand for as long as I can remember as a little kid we watched him I watched him and the Chicago Bulls win multiple multiple championships and was was and still perhaps is one of the most intriguing uh, professional athletes of all time up there with maybe more than Tom Brady maybe more than Wayne Gretzky But this story resonates so significantly with me because it is a story about how individuals and teams, people, humans, are what pushed forward the value of the United States economy and the stock market. And And this is one of the best examples ever chronicled, in my opinion, of a corporate act, if you will, a corporate idea that was willed to life that essentially created in large part what is now a 150 200 billion dollar company producer mallory Welcome back to the Retire Sooner podcast. Have you seen this movie yet?
1: I haven't. I haven't. I thought I might be an interesting voice of uh, somebody who hasn't read or seen it yet.
0: Read it or seen it. I wonder if it would, I wonder if this was a book too. I didn't, I don't even, I don't know if this was a book. But
1: I have have heard about Shoe Dogs, which I know is all about Nike as well. That's supposed to be absolutely incredible. I haven't read that. That's on my to read list for sure.
0: Well, if you haven't seen this, I think you will enjoy it. Because first of all, it is Matt Damon. It is...
1: (laughs) And Ben Affleck, I love both of them, so.
0: And the best guy in the whole movie is...
1: Young Michael Jordan?
0: <laughs> Jason Bateman. Oh! And, well, and Chris Tucker. Oh. The, the, the The two of them are, just, the, the, Bateman and Tucker are super funny together. And the movie starts that. out, and my, my, one of my kids like spit out his, it's soda pop all over the place. It was that, it was that funny. And for, and it wasn't like one quick funny scene. It was funny for a long time.
1: All right, you gotta set the scene for me. Were y'all in the movie theater or were you watching at home?
0: We did. So There was a rainy Saturday in the the weekend in April when it came out and we I, I always want to go to this place called the I pick. It's an I pick movie. Have you ever heard of that? It's no. a, it's a really one of the, it's only has 25 seats and they have like lay back and Ooh, they yes. bring you pizza and drinks, whatever you want. but. The bad news about that is it's tiny and you can never get a seat on a rainy day. Fortunately, there's an AMC nearby or a Regal Cinema and we, we had the whole theater to ourselves. So it was, it was, it was nice. But it was just, it, it, first of all, it was really enjoyable. It's funny. They have the hindsight of Hollywood. So they, here you're talking about a movie about they are all sitting there trying to predict who's going to be a basketball player graduating from college, going into the NBA draft that would be good to help them market a shoe.
1: That I, that just sort of seems like funny. It's almost like playing, um, oh, what, what what is what is it whenever people do the picks, uh, they pick the football players? Fantasy. Fantasy football. It sounds like fantasy football, but just I guess with business. <laughs> it,
0: it is, it's a, It's exactly right. Except, except what's funny when you're making the movie, you already know what happened. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like doing a movie about a fantasy football draft after the season's over knowing what already happened. So you have this benefit of Hollywood as an example. So they've got this draft board. They didn't think they could get Michael Jordan and he wasn't the very highest in the draft. He was in the top 10, but he wasn't the number one draft pick. And they, they make a funny comment around Charles Barkley, who we know went on to be on the dream team and now one of the biggest, best, funniest commentators of all time.
1: And I, guess somebody who does not know sports, I know Charles Barkley. So like that, that speaks volumes.
0: And, and we're here in Atlanta. So we see Barkley all over the place. He's always here. I see him in CVS buying deodorant. I mean, he's just like, he's all over the place. All, everybody loves Barkley. But the commentary from going around the table, do, do you want Barkley? Somebody mentioned, well, maybe Charles Barkley. One of the other executives said, ah, oh, you know, he's just known to kind of be full of hot air. He talks a lot and I don't think he's going to be that good. And nobody wants to hear from that guy.
1: Oh, and, and now here we are. Everyone wants to hear from him.
0: So the benefit of the Hollywood hindsight makes it even funnier. It's like they're sitting there mulling over. John Stockton is another one on the kind of the the, the draft board. Them saying, ah, oh, he's probably not going to be that good. Meanwhile, he... He played 19 seasons in the NBA, led the league in steals twice, and retired as their the NBA's all time leader in steals. Shot 51 and a half percent, which is amazing. So again, they they kind of downplayed. Oh, he's not going to be that good. Meanwhile, he was on the dream team and ama- an amazing basketball player. But at the same time, the reality of the story is that one Jordan was a pretty high draft pick but also had already a foregone conclusion that he was going to go to Converse or Adidas. Already kind of done. And Nike was really nascent at the time in basketball. They just weren't, they were a running shoe company and they just had very little market share when it came to basketball.
1: When it's weird to think about Converse being a big one.
0: And right. Here's the other thing. Again, this took place in the early eighties. It just seemed like Nike was, at the very back of the pack at the time, right? The building didn't look good relative to Adidas. The The brand wasn't close to Converse, which by the way, had Chuck Taylors, which was, they were super popular back then. So all the momentum were the other big companies and Nike had this strategy to say, look, every year, at least in within basketball, and these numbers sound tiny today. Now it's a multi hundred billion dollar company. Their total spend was 250000 to go get a player to endorse one of their shoes. 250000 But that was meant to be split o- across three different players. So we don't know who's going to be great. We're going to spread out our risk. We're going to choose three. Maybe one of them will be really good. The other thing that was interesting about who they should take, Jordan only averaged about 19 points a game. Good but certainly not at the top of the heap, not this ridiculously amazing basketball player that everyone thought would be one of the best NBA players, let alone the best NBA player of all time. He really, if you think about his story that we all know that he didn't make his high school basketball team in 10th grade, so he really was a later bloomer and just kept getting better and better and better, and it was still very improbable around the thought that he would be amazing in the NBA. So the idea of the movie here is that Matt Damon's character, who was hired to be a a recruiter and understand who they should be getting to endorse their product had had a string of failures and wasn't kind of, it wasn't really doing the job that he was supposed to be doing and had this giant battle within Nike one. He said, I want to take the whole $250,000 and put it on Jordan and not spread out the risk. The CEO character, Phil Knight, played by Ben Affleck, thought he was crazy. and They went back and forth battling about how how would you, I'm not going to give you any more money than the 250 and you're crazy to spend it all on one person.
1: Especially if he wasn't the number one draft pick. Exactly. I do have to ask, how did how did they end up choosing him? Why did they settle on Michael Jordan?
0: Matt Damon's character, Sonny Vaccaro, has this interesting moment where he thinks he's seeing something that no one no one's paying attention to. And it's the winning shot that Jordan made to win the NCAA championship when he was a freshman. But again, everybody knew that shot. Everyone knew that he had went, he hit this jumper and they went on the North Carolina Tar Heels, go Heels. Everybody knew that he had made the shot. Then he went on to have two seasons after that. So it was a forgotten about a little bit because it had been a couple of years. B Jordan was still not the most dominant basketball player. But his gut, after watching this tape over and over and over and over and over again, was that Dean Smith, the coach at the time, had actually chosen him to take the shot as opposed to him just getting the ball to take the shot, number one. And two, how relaxed he was and confident he was and just how much he wanted the ball. So at the time, that was just underappreciated. And certainly within Nike, it was way underappreciated. They've got this big exchange of like, yeah, we know he hit this one shot, but we're not betting all our money on this guy. It's not rare at all for even a top draft pick to be a total washout, a total bust at the next level. But the story here is someone that put, that believed in this particular move so much that he really put his job on the line. Not only did he put his job on the line is that he then overcame all of these obstacles to even get an audience with Jordan. Jordan had already verbally, essentially had a verbally committed to going with one of the two big competitors. It was just a matter of which one. Nike wasn't even on the, on the table. And Matt Damon had to go, Matt Damon literally against all protocol, all professionalism went and met with Michael Jordan's mom in Wilmington, North Carolina. That at least gave him the opportunity to get an audience with Jordan, which that conversation did. So his character's fighting internally with everyone thinking he's crazy to try to bet all this on one guy. And two, them all thinking he's not going to even give you an audience to begin with. And three, even if we do get him an offer, our bigger competitors, which are way bigger and more powerful than us and have more money, they can just outbid us. But he also realized that he also tapped into and found out what he really thought the Jordan family wanted. And that was for MJ not to just be one of the greats that gets to endorse the best shoe, but the focus of the company. And not just an endorser, but to have his own product line and his own shoe, which again at the time was really unprecedented. And then of course the twist, which is his mother having this back and forth relationship with Nike, finally saying, look, we like you guys, we want to do a deal, but we also want to have a percentage of the revenue, essentially forever. Again, absolutely crazy nuts. In fact, when Matt Damon heard that news, he thought the deal was off, knowing that going to the CEO, Phil Knight, who didn't want to give him 250 grand to sign Jordan, would say, no way in hell are we going to give him 10% of our product that we're making revenue for the rest of time. Instead, we know the deal happened. Phil Knight took a chance on this. Full disclosure, I am affiliated with Capital Investment Advisors, which is a full service and a fee-only financial planning and investment management firm in Atlanta and Denver and Tampa and Phoenix or wherever you are. And if you'd like to take your retirement planning or retire sooner journey to the next level, Capital Investment Advisors would love to help. You can find our team and schedule a time to chat Right at yourwealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R wealth.com. What is amazing about this very improbable deal that took months and months to come to fruition happened against all odds. And then the bet paid off because not only was Jordan good, he was essentially the best athlete now in any professional sport of all time. And catapulted that company from a running a little running shoe company to essentially one of the the largest and most well known brands on on the planet. To this day, if you look at the financials of Nike, you'll see that over five billion dollars in sales came through the the Air Jordan brand line. We also know that he's still getting ten percent of that. So that. Again, 10% of $5 billion is $500 million. So I don't know exactly what Jordan's getting in any given year, but it's probably somewhere around $500 million a year, because he still has this deal with Nike. There's no wonder that he's a multi-billionaire at this point. $500 million is hard to even fathom in, in just a given year. Isn't that crazy?
1: That's amazing. like, what do you even spend that money on?
0: The irony around that is that these people of that level of brand equity, they're getting free cars and they're getting free stuff anyway. <laughs> you irony. think he's paid for golf clubs in his life ever?
1: Yeah, Previn, actually, you know, that makes me think of the McDonald's gold card where they just give it out to everybody who can already afford McDonald's.
0: A gift only to the richest who could afford it. But here's a few of the top athletes from a net worth perspective. So Jordan is number one on that list. So $2.2 billion dollars. This is, a, this is a 2023 list. So Jordan, again, at the very top of that list, it still goes back to that deal he made with Nike. That's it's a huge part of it. Number, do you want to guess any of the other ones? on Oh,
1: yes, yes, I do. I have some thoughts. And I, I think it's uh, kind of fun. I'm going to know these people because of their personalities, not because of their sports. Let's be very clear. But I think Shaq has got to be on there. That guy, like, he is a, so business savvy. It's amazing. I also one time saw him DJ in Vegas and it was fabulous. And then I'm going to guess Tiger Woods.
0: All right. So Shaq is number 20 on the list. You're right. He is he is worth $400 million. Number 20 on the list. Tiger Woods, number five on the list at $800 million. What's interesting too, though, is that there's a couple that I actually have never even heard of. So number four on the list, Anna. Kazprak.
1: Oh, is she the tennis player?
0: Net worth of a billion, considered to be the best dressage rider in the world and won multiple medals throughout her career. She's a Danish dressage rider.
1: All right, here's my question. Do you think that she actually earned the money through horseback riding, or do you think that was family money? Because that, like, that doesn't that, sound like something that she got.
0: I don't know that <laughs> story, but I would err, I would, I would tend to think you're right. Number three on the list, Ian Tiriac. He's a Romanian professional tennis and ice hockey player. And it looks like he owns a a, a large tennis tournament. Estimated net worth $1.2 billion. Number two on the list. This is also very interesting, but not surprising now that when you hear this, Vince McMahon.
1: I'm so sorry. I'm blanking
0: who? (laughs) This makes sense. He's, He's the one that started, he's the majority owner and the chairman and the CEO of, WWE, the World Wrestling. What what, when I was a kid was World Wrestling Federation, WWF. Today it's World Wrestling Entertainment, WWE.
1: Ah, I see. Listen, I I know about The Rock and I know about um, John Cena. (laughs) That's about as much as I know about wrestling.
0: One point six billion. Again, everyone's dwarfed by fifteen seasons in the NBA, but net worth two point two billion plus. MJ. And it's because of this deal with Nike. Now here's the takeaway. We know the importance of what Warren Buffett talks about, which is the American tailwind. I call it the army of American productivity because I really think of it as, so we go through periods of time and the economy's not good and the world's bad and we're scared to invest. But what always keeps me investing is this thought that it's not about the issue of the day. Because the issue of the day will eventually move on to another issue. But where the real success comes in America and the companies of America, which in turn, being able to invest in America, and even if we're looking at, let's call it the S&P 500, it's no match for this almost insurmountable army of people that are all trying to do what Matt Damon did. They're all fighting for their own careers, which is arguably one of the most important things in a human's life. It's their It's our survival in, a, in the modern world. Our careers are, it's our economic survival. So think of the survival instinct and the survival activities that we do just every single day, we wake up and we're trying to earn a living. And the best way to do that is to make either our companies or the companies we work for just a little bit better in any given day. Some people take it to an extreme, and this is an extreme story, but the majority of us in the United States, we get up every single day and we do try to do our very best in any given day. And, and when you think of it that way, it's like the a few drops of water, no big deal. A billion drops of water can wipe out a city. A billion drops of water can change a landscape. And that's what we have today. We have millions, hundreds of millions of people working billions of hours, billions of hours collectively, all rowing essentially in the same direction, which is up and to the right, north, east. And that's why if you look at any sort of chart that's given a long period of time, what's the direction for big US companies? It's up and to the right, up and to the right. And oh, by the way, it reminds me a little bit of what? The Nike swoosh up and to the right. That to me is what is so powerful about this story. Also, just a quick caveat and disclaimer, this is a story about Nike, not an endorsement to buy or sell Nike stock. Rarely have you ever seen anything chronicled just like this, against all odds, improbable business deal, just a straight up business deal that started out nascently, 250 grand and the promise of 10% of future revenue. That's it. That in large part, not completely, but in very large part built a multi hundred billion dollar company. I I think it shows one, the, the business of change and innovation, thinking differently, trying something brand new instead of one sponsorship, instead of three sponsorships, in this case, changing that up and doing one. Instead of, hey, I want you to endorse my shoe too, we're going to build you your own shoe. At the time, totally new. Totally new idea. Innovation. Change. Two, participation versus perfection. The, the guys from Nike went way beyond the norm to get that deal done. Instead of talking to MJ directly, Sonny Vicario drives to his mom's house in Wilmington. You can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. Phil Knight, who could have gotten fired for allowing this 10% of revenue deal to go through by the board. By the way, Nike had already laid off 25% of the workforce the year before. He was under the gun. But again, they kept fighting. They kept participating. It wasn't perfect, but just like investors need to just keep fighting, we just need to participate and stay in the game. That gives us the highest and best chance to win. And then, of course, the, the, if there's ever an amazing story of paying dividends... Our best investments are the ones that are able to continue to pay us dividends over time. Now, this is a grand slam story, but the work that Jordan did continued to pay him some sort of revenue stream or dividend over time, and now it's got to do an astronomical value. But just understanding and focusing in on companies paying us dividends for 20 and 30 and 40 years, we can do that too. We just do it through publicly traded equities. When it comes to sound retirement planning, Be like Nike, just do it. So we've never covered a movie here before, but I loved the story here for so many reasons, the entertainment value of it. But I think what lit me up so much around this is that it's, it's the first time I've ever seen documented this example of the army of American productivity. And they, and they did it at Nike against all odds. And the ultimate result speaks for itself. I think that same story in some iteration or another is still happening every single day. And that's why we choose to invest here in the United States because of that army of American productivity. Haven't seen the movie, Mallory, or did I spoil it for you?
1: Oh, well, you already knew the ending, right? But I definitely want to watch it now.
0: Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And thank you for listening to the Retire Sooner podcast.
1: This is provided as a resource for informational purposes and is not to be viewed as investment advice or recommendations. This information is being presented without consideration of the investment objectives, risk tolerance, or financial circumstances of any specific investor and might not be suitable for all investors. The mention of any company is provided to you for informational purposes and as an example only and is not to be considered investment advice or recommendation or an endorsement of any particular company. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Investing involves risk risk, including possible loss of principal. There is no guarantee offered that investment return, yield, or performance will be achieved. The information provided is strictly an opinion and for informational purposes only, and it is not known whether the strategies will be successful. There are many aspects and criteria that must be examined and considered before investing. This information is not intended to and should not form a primary basis for any investment decision that you may make. Always consult your own legal, tax, or investment advisor before making any investment, tax, estate, or financial planning considerations or decisions. Investment decisions should not be made solely based on information contained herein.